thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, uh, like I said earlier, it's summertime. Y'all look a little summertime. You look a little tired. Y'all good out there? You look a little sleepy out there. All right. Hey, there are some dangers in summer, and I'm not talking about sunscreen needs for sunburns, and I'm not talking about jellyfish at the beach, and I'm not talking about flies, and I'm not talking about just anything that summer can bring to you, mainly heat strokes. But, but I'm talking there's some dangers, dangers, dangers in summer. And as your pastor, one of my jobs as a shepherd is to tell you that there are dangers out there, okay? And I want to walk you through three real big dangers for summer that absolutely have an impact or can have an impact on the church, okay? Now, when we talk about summer, we love summer. I love summer. Summer's awesome. But summer can kind of get you out of routine, okay? And summer can create some habits that aren't always good habits, and we kind of need the fall and after Labor Day to kind of help get back in a routine. But I want to caution us on some things today that are some dangers of summer. And only thing on your bulletin is just the title and the text. And then I want you to make some notes on some things I want to talk about. And there's only three of them. But I want you to go to the text real quick. We want to go to, text, to our text. Look at Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. Proverbs is the wisdom chapter. So Basically, we need this wisdom here, and we want to see this. Proverbs 24, go to verse 30. Go to verse 30. Proverbs 24, 30 says this, I went past the field of a slugger, past the vineyard of a man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and a stone wall was in ruin. Verse 32, I applied my heart to what I observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to the rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. Now, I want you to, you may have seen that text before, you may remember that text before, but I want you to think about those words. He saw this, and in everything in life that we see, there's lessons to be learned. And I love what he says, I applied my heart to what I saw. My heart to what I saw. And then he goes on to, to verse 33, and we're going to go back to 33 in a little bit. Let's look at some dangers of summer. Number one danger of summer is you got more time. Now, understand something. We're a county from Mountain Standard Time, so June 21st, I promise you by June 21st, it'll be light outside at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, I've mowed at 945 without any lights on. It's, that's, that's a gorgeous time to mow, you know, 75 degrees of breeze. Long, long, long days. When you get long days, you can do so much stuff outside. Now, the problem with that is more time in the summer gives you Saturday nights 
that the sun doesn't go down at 9.30, and it's not dark till 10. So it means you're going to stay out there and milk it till 10, and then you still got to get showers, you got to get cleaned up, and then you got to get to church, and oh, yeah, church. And what do we like to do in the summer? Oh, we'll just skip life group, but we'll make worship. Now, what happens is this. Now, don't throw rocks at me, okay? I'm just saying that's what we do. Because what happened, and, and sometimes, I mean, that's going to fit sometimes. But here's the problem with that. And here's what I find with a lot of people. You do it one time, and you're going to go like this. Oh, that, that's nice, isn't it? What is, things that are nice, do we usually repeat those? That donut, that's nice. Know what happens when we repeat that nice? Mm-hmm. Treadmill. Now, that ain't nice, okay? And, and, and the problem is, that's nice. So we do it again. We skip it. And we do it again. And we skip. Now, if, if we skip life groups and it feels that nice, if we skip worship, it probably feels twice as nice. Because if I don't have to get up till 9 and get to church at 10, 15, and it felt like that, if I can sleep till 10 and just do a, a really long, quiet time or watch church on TV, I probably feel even better. Now, are we selling that to ourselves, or is the enemy selling that to us? The enemy is selling us that. Now, you say, well, man, I'll never skip again because he's probably back there checking. No, I'm saying that's okay. There's times that as moms and dads, you got to go, mm, Lord help. We need some sleep because we can't do that to our church. We can't take these bratty kids that got no sleep, and we can't as husband and wife go represent the kid. Oh, I'm fine, fine. No, I just chewed his rear out in the car. I'm not fine. I'm not happy. But you're in church, and then, you, and then I'm asking you to be fake. No, that's not what I'm asking either. I'm just saying there's times as mom and dad, you got to, the, 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 the home, the atmosphere, you got to go, whoop, whoop. We're going to get some sleep because we ugly, all right? Very ugly. And that's okay. But be careful that you don't repeat those steps too often. Because what I find in my own life and, and as a pastor, when I see a family do it a couple times, they may check out on me for about three months and not even realize it. Because two weeks becomes a month, and a month becomes three, and three becomes a year real fast. Some of you have been there. Some of y'all come up to me, man, you know what you said? That's true, boy. We skipped three weeks, and it's, it's the fourth one's easier, and the fifth one's easier, and the sixth one's easier. Yes, it is. And you got more time, and it's easier. Here's what I'm asking you to do as mom and dads. you got to protect Sunday morning. you got to protect it, man. Because we're teaching 24-7. Now, there's times you got to put on the brake and keep them in bed because they're ugly, and I understand that. But as a team, as a father and a mother and a husband and a wife, you speak one mouth. And I want you guys as a family to speak one mouth. And you got to protect Sunday morning. That means you want to sit out till 1030 at night on Friday night and sleep till 10. Woo-hoo! But you got to get in the sack on Saturday night and give your best to Jesus on Sunday morning. You got to, man. 
You got six other nights you can watch it outside. You got six other nights you can sit outside and enjoy that cool summer evenings we got in the panhandle because we got some great summer nights in the panhandle. But you as mom and dads, you got to make choices that are good choices because your little ones are going to repeat them. And you start letting them influence your decision on Sunday morning, and they're going to go back to that well all day long. Can we just skip Sunday school? You're thinking, yeah, that'd be great. I don't have to dress you, Brady thing. You got one more hour to sleep. That's beautiful. Well, let's do it. You just let a three-year-old make a decision for the whole house. Don't do that in business, do you? I mean, call your three-year-old. Well, should we invest here? No, you don't do that. Don't let... The wrong, don't let the tail wag the dog is what I'm saying. You got to be mom and dad. You got to protect Sunday morning because I'm going to tell you, you're living in a country that that day is fading fast. I mean, they put everything in the world. Now we play football at 9 a.m. on Sunday. What? You, that's crazy. Why? So we have more teams. No, why? So we have more participation. No, why? Because we have more money. So we have more money. Let's just go ahead and chuck the coin down to the cob and be honest. They ain't playing at 9 a.m. because they like getting up. Playing at 9 a.m. because they have two more teams paying two more entry fees and one more hour of concession. Money. Don't repeat the world. Be separate from the world. Come out of that and be light. You got to protect Sunday morning in the summer, mom and dad, please. And don't let one say, Let's do it. And the others say no, and one come without and come in two cars where half the family comes at one time and half. No, don't do that. Come together. Sing the same song at the same mouth. Say we're protecting it. You don't let them skip work. You don't let them go a little late to work when they sit outside in the summer. They still got to get it to go to work. So protect Sunday morning. Number two, summer brings no schedule. Woo-hoo! Isn't that great? No schedule. Paxton's down here. Amen. No schedule. See, Paxton has no schedule on something, but his kids do. Get in bed. Get in bed. Right? But you, no schedule is beautiful, okay? No schedule is awesome. That's the beauty of summer. Spontaneous. Let's just go. Let's just be free. We got all day. Let's do it. That's great. You say, man, we're going to the lake. Go to the lake. Go to the lake 197,000 times. Go to you. Look like a prune in Walmart. Just go. Just go, but don't forget the king. Don't forget your church. You got no schedule, man. It's a beautiful thing. When you have no schedule, you can get out of routine. See, a lot of us, in the, when we're in routine, those nine months out of the year of school going, we get up. So a lot of us get up at a decent time. The whole house wakes up at the same time in the summer. And we don't know when the house waking up. Mom's up one time. Dad's up. Another kid's up at lunch. I mean, it's just ugly. Right? Parents go to bed at 9 because daddy's old. Then mom goes to bed at 11 because she has to clean up all the stuff that dad messed up and he doesn't know it because he's asleep. And then the kids are just, whatever. I sleep in front of TV on at 1 a.m. What the heck? What all the noise? Everybody's asleep. You walk in the living room, nine TVs on, radios on, everything on. Who, who's watching all this stuff? Nobody. That meter's just doing this. All right? And so, so that's what summer is crazy. All right? Some of y'all are like, is that what your house is like? No, it's it, times. But, but here's the deal. It's crazy. No schedule. What's that do, though? That makes summer disappear. It's just fast. It's crazy. It's, it's wild. All of a sudden, it creeps into other stuff. 
So who's getting up and doing a quiet time? Quiet time. I, I do that in the evening. I sit out on the porch and do that. Well, maybe. Maybe. What I'm saying is you can get out of a habit. You cannot give your best. A couple months ago, Brett and I, one of his buddies, Coach Crow, some of you have been bushing a long time, know Lanny Crow. He's old school coach. I love old school coaches. They just say it, all right? They coached back in the day when not everybody got a ribbon. That's a good thing. Kid, you can't play. Sorry. You just can't play. That's all right. <laughs> I can't play. He'll find something else to do, but you got to be honest. So he's old school. He just says it, all right? And so Brett loves him. They talk the same language. So we go down the canyon, and Brett's throwing his 12-pound shot, and Coach Crow, if you know Coach Crow, he don't get in a hurry to do anything. He, got, he always carries his chair with him, one of them bag chairs. I don't know what they call them. They're in a bag, all right? So he carries his bag, always has his water. So he sits the chair down right by the sector, right by Brett's throwing, and I'm out there catching the shot. I'll roll it back. That's my job. And so Coach Crow sits down. He gets his water. He got his legs crossed. Brett's throwing a bunch. And all of a sudden, Brett throws one. Good throw. It's over 50. I go get the ball. And when I lean down to get the ball, I realize Coach Crow got up. Now, here's what you have to understand. Coach Crow don't like to get up. Hurts his knees, okay? He's retired, all right? That means when you retire, it means you like to sit, okay? And so he, he, he got up. And when I reached down to get the ball, I saw Coach Crow standing. And I knew this wasn't going to be good. And all of a sudden, I hear this. Now, son, son, look at me. Can I ask you a question? Are you giving me maximum effort? I'm like, boy, you better be honest right here because he's about to lose it on you. And Brett said, no, sir. He said, you're right. You're right. He said, son, let me ask you something. You got me out of my house, out of my recliner, out of my AC. You brought me out here in this heat. I'm sitting in this chair drinking this hot water. It's not even good anymore. And you're not giving me maximum effort. He says, son, if throwing a 12-pound shot was easy, we'll just drive down there to Walmart and get one off the shelf. But throwing a 12-pound shot is a hard thing. It takes effort. It takes maximum effort every single throw because you don't know when the one that's going to matter is going to go. And you can't take none of them off. So I'm going to take my water, I'm going to sit down here, and you're going to stop wasting my time. Because I didn't come out of here for you to not give me maximum effort. Whew. I'm like, I'm just, you heard him? You better start throwing. <laughs> and so I, I was glad I was 53, 4 feet away, right? And so Brett's demeanor changed greatly after that. And Coach Crow never had to get back up, okay? So I was thinking about that. We gathered together as a church all the time, boy, 52 Sundays out of the year. And I'll come up here and I'll say, God, I just pray you meet with us. I just pray that you've gathered us for, we're not here by accident, we're here by purpose. And I pray, God, that you meet with us, you show up, you come, your presence. We don't want to meet without your presence. I wonder if he was here today, sitting back there. God is water. And we start worshiping. And all of a sudden, not Coach Crow got up, but Jesus got up.
He said, excuse me, sons and daughters, let me ask you something. You give me maximum effort in your worship? Are you giving me maximum effort in your worship? Don't look like it. If going to the cross was easy, dying for your sins was easy, giving you eternal life was easy, having a relationship with you was easy, I'd have just driven down to Walmart and got it off the shelf instead of going to the Calvary, to the cross. It might take a little sacrifice, son or daughter. It might take a little effort, son or daughter. I really want you to give me maximum effort because it took maximum effort for me to go to that tree for you. I wonder this summer, can we give him maximum effort? Because a lot of times in the summer, we just want to coast. Lay back, sip a lemonade, sweet tea on the porch. What happens sometimes is that trickles into worship, trickles into church. And we kind of go through the motions. And see, we don't know when that worship's going to really matter. When it might be that time that someone looks at us and decides whether to worship based on how we worship or whether to follow him based on how we follow him. So let me steal a line from Coach Crow when he said, Son, are you giving me maximum effort? Ask yourself this question. Am I giving him maximum effort? Are you? Nobody else can answer that but you. Last thing we see about summer is idle time. Idle time. Teenagers know idle time as, <laughs> let me ask you this question. What, it's got to be the top five words you can hear in the summer. Now, the top five, one of the top five words you're going to hear at your house in the summer, I would say in the next couple of weeks, I'll give it two weeks and then you're going to start hearing this word, or these words. I'm bored. How many of y'all hear that in the summer? Mm, that's what lawnmower's for. But here's the deal. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's a word. That's got to be the top five in the summer. Two weeks in, I'm bored. Okay. You're bored. Now, understand, I understand, 18 years of student ministry, I spent a lot of time with students. Here's what I do know. Here's a scientific data that I have developed about teenagers. When they get bored, their brain quits. I mean, totally, there's no more blood that gets above the neck. Just, just goes away. And the reason I know that is I've done a scientific study of this. I've had 18 years of student ministry, and I've watched high school students that drive vehicles do stuff, and they're, I mean, just terrible, make terrible choices, do crazy things. Some live to tell about it. Some survive it. I don't know how, but just do crazy stuff. Now, and I walk up to them and I say, why'd you do that? Y'all know what they said? I don't know. I don't know. First, first example of bored and brain shut off. Because they did something, but they don't know what they did, and they did it because they were bored. 
And when you're bored, you create things. You make things up. I did it. I survived them. Jumped off the house onto a trampoline into the swimming pool. It works. The first couple of guys had to get that trampoline just right. I wasn't going first. But once we got it, I volunteered. But I'm not starting that game because that first jump off the trampoline, you misfigured that a little bit. Mm, that's not, that's, uh, that's ugly, right? But here's the deal. Some people survive that, but there are times, man, that you don't survive that. Let me, let me help you with something. One of the things that's going to happen in the summer, you're going to have idle time. You're going to get bored. Don't do stupid things. Don't make bad choices. There's kids in the summer that are great kids nine months out of the year at school and do some dumb things in the summer. I had students in my church, in my student ministry, at all of my churches that developed habits that were bad habits that carried on to the next school year that they developed with friends of the summer, different friends in summer. Mom and dad, watch out for I'm bored. Because teenagers who are bored make bad choices because their brain's not engaged. Some adults who are bored make bad decisions because their brain's not engaged. But one of the things you'll see is idle time. Idle time produces boredom, okay? Now, I want you to go back to this slide. Brett, I'm going to get you to do that slide up there. But I want to, do you have that slide back there? Nod, yes. Uh, you're the man. I can't see him over that computer. I want you to go to verse 33. I want you to look at this one more time. Verse 33, there are three words in there that are very, very important, and I want you to underline, circle, and put a box around them. Verse 33 says this, a little sleep, not a bunch, just a little. A little slumber, not a bunch, just a little. A little folding of hands to rest, not a bunch, just a little, can lead to this. Casual neglect can lead to catastrophic loss. I, I, I've, I've showed this to you before, and I've talked not in this series, but a different series on that, on that phrase. Nowhere in this story does it say the dude slept all the time, was just a slob, he, just, he was always sleeping. It said a little. doesn't say he was a slumber all the time, little. He doesn't say he just folded his hands and didn't do nothing all the time, just a little. What I'm saying is, summer will bring vacation, go. Okay? Summer will bring times at the lake, go. Stay all day long. Just get burnt up. Okay? Just go. Go to the pool. Go play. Go sit outside. I mean, sleep late. All, you do all that summer stuff. But be careful because they're are dangers in summer. A little this, a little that, a little this can lead to catastrophic loss. That one donut won't kill you. The 76th one that week can get you. Okay? Be careful that you don't, you don't surrender the summer so much that it costs you something. Give Jesus maximum effort 
this summer, please. He's not going to ask you to do something he didn't do for you. He gave you maximum effort at the cross. He just wants maximum effort back. Will you have to make sacrifices? Yes, you will. And he'll give you a Kleenex for that. Will it cost you something? Yes, it will. It did him too. I'm asking you as your pastor. I'm warning you as your friend. And I'm telling you the truth because I love you. There are dangers in summer. Do not fall asleep because they will come on you like a bandit, man. Like a bandit. Casual neglect can lead to catastrophic loss. It can. I want you guys to be strong this summer. Will I see you every Sunday? Nope, I won't. And that's fine. But when you can get here, and when you're at home on Saturday, protect Sunday morning. Teach your kids to protect it too. Okay? As we move to a time of invitation, I want to help you with something. Invitation at First Baptist Church in Bushland has been a time where people join the church. That's a good thing. Because when you start at 21, you have a lot of people join the church at Invitation. To get to where we are today. But invitation is so much more than that my friends. Invitation. Is an invitation. From the Lord. Who we've asked to come and meet with us. When we gather. Where two or three are gathered in his name. He is there. There's a couple things. I can guarantee you about him. Him being Jesus. When his presence is in the place. He speaks. When his presence is in a place, he can convict you. When his presence is in a place, he can hug all over you. And with his presence comes change. He's always going to gather us, speak into us, and ask us to do something out of it. And the invitation is for you and me to receive what he said and do it. I don't care if you're on staff here, a deacon, been here all your life. None of us are excused from that. It's the invitation for us to respond to, the, to Jesus, to what he did. And for us to move and make changes and do whatever he asks us to do. And sometimes, honestly, you can do that right where you're at. I'm good with that. But sometimes you need to move. You need to come to the altar. You need to come up here to these couples because you're facing something this week you don't want to walk in by yourself. It, it's not that you're weird because you come up front. It's not that you're weird and helpless and just can't do it on your own that's not that's the lie of the enemy what's wrong with them they came up front that's don't you're weirder sitting out there when he says come so during the invitation time don't be scared to move don't be scared to take in what he wants and do something with it 
I'm asking you as your pastor to be open to the voice of the Lord. And if he asks you to come and pray, come and pray. If he asks you to come and kneel, come and kneel. If he asks you as a church to, to pray for someone else in the, in the building, go to them and pray with them. If he's asking you as a family, hey, this is the place I have for you. This is your new church home. This is where I want you to be. Come and join the church. If you're sitting here today and you say, man, I, I don't struggle with summer because I'm lost. I don't even know the Lord. But I know I need to know. Come this morning and meet the Lord. Get saved. But I want you to understand that the invitation is a time for you to respond to the Father. I'm asking you to do that now. Let's pray together. I'm going to ask you to stand as we pray. Father, this morning, you've been faithful. Your word tells us that when your word is preached, it will not go out void. It will always produce a harvest. Father, you've spoken to us and we've heard you. And I pray, Father, now we respond to you. Right where we're at or up front, doesn't matter. But God, may we respond to the Holy Spirit of God. And may we say yes to you in Christ's name. Amen.